Welcome to SKUcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs in the promotional products industry. SKUcast shines a light on our industry's best work, features maverick personalities, and discusses what's really involved in running a modern promotional products business. SKUcast is the official podcast of Common SKU. You know, when over 20 of the industry's leading distributors and Common SKU customers gathered at our first CEO Summit in Toronto, we talked about how leaders and subsequently businesses get unstuck. Unanimously across the room, everyone agreed. At some point in your professional journey, you're going to need an outside opinion to help you. Whether that outside opinion takes the shape of a consultant, a CEO advisory board, a coach, or a CEO group, one thing is clear. The leader you are today is not the leader you need to be tomorrow. Enter perspective. Debbie Grishman founded Cowden Collaborative to help leaders get unstuck. Think of Debbie as like a Peloton instructor for your career or a fiercely intelligent counselor for your business. She has nothing but your best interests at heart. She's an intense listener and coach, and she has really only one ambition, to help you discover roadblocks and realize a better or maybe clearer and less confused version of yourself. Debbie should know. As a former advisor to 12 NYC, one of the most creative leaders in the industry, she's uniquely qualified to help promo pros identify that something to get unstuck. And before her work with 12, she worked with Amex, and Debbie was also a television producer for HBO, ESPN, ABC, and Martha Stewart, a high-stress environment that makes her really the perfect ally in our high-pressure deadline business. Today, Debbie and I talk about the framework she's created to help leaders identify where they need help, because it's not always so apparent. Plus, why it might even be more important to not have a critical and obvious problem at all. The, quote, yes and, end quote, opportunity for leaders. More on that in a minute. Hi, friends. I'm Bobby Lehu, Chief Content Officer at CommonSkew. And since we're talking about getting unstuck, part of getting unstuck is identifying where you're at versus where you want to go. Now, if you're on CommonSkew, a helpful tool to help you is the sales target tool. It makes goal setting for sales reps dead simple and allows sales teams to track their progress easily. Sales leaders love it because it allows them to define and track their sales team's KPIs by setting monthly sales targets for either booked or invoiced orders or both. Reps love it because it's a quick scorecard and an easy snapshot. If you're not on CommonSkew and you're curious, check it out at commonskew.com. Today's episode is brought to you by CommonSkew, the work from anywhere platform that powers your connected workflow, enabling you to process more orders and dramatically grow your sales. To learn more, visit commonskew.com. Now here's our chat with Debbie. Deb, so glad to have you here. So good to be here. Thank you for having me. You bet. I just mentioned to you that we wrapped up our first ever CEO summit at Toronto in Toronto. Yes. And one of the main takeaways was there seemed to be a general consensus among CEOs yep. that in order for you to grow from a certain level to another, you need something in your life like either a coach or an advisory board or someone that helps you look from the outside in. And that's why we're visiting here today, because your mission and your role yeah. is is to be exactly that. So tell us a little bit about it. What What's your mission? How do you help yeah. entrepreneurs? Absolutely. Um, so it sounds like it's something I definitely will try and get myself invited to next year. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I founded um, the Cowden Collaborative to partner with CEOs, founders, and now expanding into executives teams to help them accelerate growth 
by getting really clear on their priorities, removing hurdles and getting things done. So there's lots of ways to say that, but it's creating a little bit of clarity from chaos and helping people have an outside point of view to help them achieve their goals. We're here today because we met because of your work with 12NYC, who is one of the most respected brands in agencies yeah. and merch. And so because of that work, you and I met, and that's why yeah. we're sitting here so that we can talk a little bit more about that. I mean, when some of the best brands in the world need help articulating their vision or their mission or whatever it is, give us an example of what you kind of do with 12 or the kind of work that you, you that you've done with 12. Absolutely. So uh, 12 is a great example of the fact that I work with companies in all industries and, and really all sizes. My work has been more focused on some of the smaller, I would call them scale-ups and startups. So <laughs> whether they're looking to raise, whether they're post-raise. I also lately have been working with a lot of solopreneurs, so really small guys yeah. because they need just as much help. My yeah. main goal, and I think we've talked about this, is to be another grown-up at the table. Not to say current exec teams aren't, but I really and truly believe in the humaning aspect of all of our work, that we all need someone who is not our partner, who is not yeah. our shareholder, who is not our spouse, boyfriend, yeah. mother, who at the end of the day, or during the day, we can talk to about things that are weighing on us. And I believe in the like the fundamental power of having an outside point of view and somebody who is not, again, your spouse, your partner, uh, someone who works for you. And so I, I fell into this, you know, a little bit by accident, but my work with 12 was one of those representations. My original work after I left corporate America was doing just that, working with founders who had success, had a clear path, but there was a bunch of things that were getting stuck. And I was another person to help give them the room to get unstuck. Can you give us an example of how you've helped folks get unstuck? Sure. Um, well, so we talked about 12NYC a little bit. Um, they're an amazing, amazing player and leader uh -huh. in your space and how we met. So I'm certainly grateful. They you know, design experiences and merchandise for the world's most compelling brands. Yeah. And we know that they had a huge success. And their team, like many of my other clients, the same thing that gave them rocket ship success, You know, they had laid foundations of their work was also what was going to end up getting them a little bit stuck in terms of it was time to take a minute out from being in the business and to focus on the business. And it's quite simply taking a minute to pause and to rethink, are you clear on your strategy? Is that clear to everyone who's working on your team? And so a lot of the things that I do, and I, I can't tell you how often I find that whether or not I'm working with a client who's a general contractor whether they're an interior designer, a small subscription box company, or an agency like 12, the concept is quite simple. Are you clear on your purpose and your priorities? And I've created a method to talk through those things. And do you have the processes and the people you need to deliver? And so there's sort of these four tenants and we get deep depending on where the need is, but to make sure that we all have the time to kind of take a step out of our everyday, you know, if we were pizza, get a date, off of making pizzas to think about what is the strategy, who are we trying to be, and what's standing in our way. So I've done that with a bunch of different companies, um, and I learn from each of them, and it's a lot of fun. Do you feel like folks reach out to you when they've hit some kind of plateau, either a plateau yeah. actual in growth and in, in gross That's sales, right. maybe they hit like a ten million plateau or a two million yeah. plateau, and That's right. is that typically when they reach out? Yeah, um, it happens. You know, again, not a perfect data science, but in two ways. One, they've hit some type of plateau. They realize that they want to hit a huge mark in revenues. 
maybe they want to expand globally. That was one one example. And then sometimes it's also a transition point. A partner has left. They realize that they don't have the team that they need. And so a lot of times I come in Mm, when there's a change in leadership. Yeah. Um, As was the case with many. One of my clients, you know, took on a partner for the first time. Um, and we had been talking on the sidelines of a sports game about, you know, the importance of getting that partnership right. Like it is yeah. a marriage in many ways. And again, this humaning side of the business, which maybe it's the old camp counselor in me, you know, having been at Amex for so long and spending so much time with the, the hearts and minds of my team um, and growing up in brand, I truly believe you can't get that right without yeah. the people being on board. So a lot of times it happens when there's a transition um, within the leadership team. Or, or there's a huge milestone they need to hit. Can we break down the discovery a little bit? So let's say I'm a CEO yeah. of a $10 million business sure. and I'm stuck sure. on many different industries. There's so many things I want to do. I'm so yeah. busy working in the businesses we talked about. What's one of the first things you do when you and I meet? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I do is, and it's uncharacteristic of my normal personality, is stop talking and listen. So I want to get really clear and it's, it's waves between personal and professional. You know, what can I learn about where you are personally and professionally? And I get really smart. And we just listen. And it's usually yeah. an hour. Sometimes it's more than that. Just to, to say, what, where, why are we here? Why did you reach out? What does success look like? What's keeping you know you up at night? All the questions that we know that, you know, laying on a couch somewhere we'd love to talk about. But I just get really quiet. And we listen and we talk. And sometimes things are obvious. And sometimes you uncover something. So the first thing I do is get really clear about what's going on with you. And then we repeat it back, hearing your own words sometimes and understanding the key insights from an outside point of view. And we'll come back to that is sometimes really eye opening or sometimes it's really affirming. Yes, these are exactly the things I thought and you get it. And having done this a bunch of times, it helps to have someone who who gets it. Um, So we listen, we learn, we get then really clear on what I heard. I'll tell you back to you, Bobby, this is what I heard. Um, these are what I think we need to focus on. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time in the kitchen for us to to get clear on that. We get clear on your purpose and priorities in that work. Uh, I do stakeholder interviews. Sometimes the best thing for me to do is talk to your team, a partner, clients and customers where I get access is so huge to make sure that we don't have blind spots, which we all do. Right. And then we get really busy on what do we need to do to get to deliver on those priorities. And I believe it stems in either the processes is it a procedure? Is it a lot of times you need a rebrand, a website, or is it people? Do I need a chief human resources officer? Do I need a CTO? Because here I am in the promotional product business, but I now need to have the best tech experience. So we get really clear on that. I like how you clarified into like four main categories, the purpose, priorities, processes, and people. That's um, right. What do you think most leaders or most folks that engage with you in this are struggling with now? Is that too general? Yeah. No, it's not. And it's I really believe that what they're mostly struggling with is giving themselves the time to focus on these things because yeah. we are so busy, again, in the kitchen, making the yeah. pizzas right. that we just don't, none of us have the time, right? We talk about making time for self-care. All those things are important. This is that. And certain people in the very early stages or when they've recently been acquired or taken on money, they actually they don't feel they have the time or that uh, that it's an indulgence. And that, so that's the number one thing. Once I said, you know, like my Peloton instructor, you've done the work, you clicked in, you're here. Step one, once you've engaged with me and hopefully we're working together, that's that's a big piece right there. You are investing in yourself. And then from there, I think sometimes it is really hard. I believe sometimes on 
the people and procedure side. And I mentioned that because it's not all that sexy sometimes to say, you know what we need is a new CRM. You know what we really need to think about is a new, you know, a new website. And those are the vitamins and building blocks. Um, and I think sometimes people are surprised and struggle with the fact that I am, you know, starting to say, look, like some of these things are, are basic and the website that you had spent a while on is actually not, is not really the right way. And the way in which you think you present and market isn't right. So I think sometimes people struggle with that and they do take it personally. Generally, I'm working with the founder or CEO right. and we all take it personally. So right. it's, it's, you know, I'm not, Bobby, what you built isn't in any way bad. Right. How can we make it better? Or you're exactly where you need to be because you've just hit 20 million and the business and the leader that you were at 2 million is no longer the right thing. So I think we all struggle, struggle with that, if, if that makes sense. Yes, it makes total sense. That was stressed over and over by this 20 plus CEOs in the room that could have been running 50 million. They might've been yeah. running 20 million, but that was stressed over and over is that the CEO themselves has to go through their own evolution. And often that's like a leap forward, not just a gradual growth. I also like how you said that this is somewhat analogous to self-care because then what that does is make me stop and go, oh, my house is not a mess. Like it's, it's just, this is just something I absolutely have to do for the preservation of my own sanity, for the preservation of our business and everything else. And I'm sure it's painful. Are there, are there common are there common obstacles leaders face when they come to you at first? Are there yeah. traits? Is it uncertainty? Is it bandwidth? Is it just confusion? So, um, yes, um, there's a lot of different <laughs> All things. All the above, right. Well, so it obviously depends on, you know, what flavor, you know, leader. Or do we have someone who wants to lead this company for the next 20 years? Uh-huh. A lot of times I've run into a leader who's come at a point where they're like, I'm no longer the person who should be sitting in the CEO chair. Yeah. And let's talk about that. I would say one of the main common things, though, and it gets back to this outside point of view, is a lot of these people have grown things with their own two hands, laid foundations, and they've not have always been the top of the pyramid. And so they've never gone through the type of leadership development that that I had the you know, both the pain and the beauty of doing at Amex, where there was always someone more senior to me. I always had a development plan. I was always being told to stand up a little straighter or, you know, and sometimes it's hard when you've always been at the top to to take feedback and i think that that's where i flip it and say that's why i'm here right that's why it's not great to bring me on full time even though hopefully we you know we jive and we want to because there is a real benefit to having an outside outside point of view and i think the things people struggle with sometimes is is being open to it and we think we're going to be open to it um sometimes and some people are but it is really hard to say um, Larry, I'm going to stop and listen. So I think that that's a big piece of the, both the value and the part that they struggle with. And I'm I'm here for it. I have thick skin yeah. and I'm a big girl. And sometimes I'm going to say things that maybe you don't agree with and that's great. But that to me is the value too. A lot of times our employees become yes people or they're too afraid to challenge a really talented leader. And so I, mm. hope, I hope to make that a bit easier for them. Yeah. It's not easy for anybody though. To your point, in this business particularly, a salesperson will begin in this business as a solo entrepreneur. Uh-huh. Then they'll grow. They'll get a small team of maybe three yeah. people. Then they'll grow. They'll keep growing. But then there seems to be this gap or this blockage, if you will, in their growth when yeah. they have to go face, be, they're, when they're faced with hiring middle management or upper management to help them grow yeah, the that's business. Right. Yeah. And so organizational design is one of the many strategies you work with. Um, yes. And, and 
I love the architecture and science behind that because I yeah. think it sort of alleviates the leader's mind. If I look back on my own career okay. and I look at leading a business, I think one of the major mistakes I made was not bringing in more management structure at a certain inflection point in the business. Uh -huh. Is there a common challenge you see with organizational design when it comes from entrepreneurs scaling from zero to three, three to 10, 10 to 50? Yeah. So I think one of those things that ties back to like, what are the priorities is again, um, I'm a company and I think all I need is designers and artists, but we realize that our end customer needs a really slick tech platform, right? We, we mm. I always say like, we live in yeah. this Uber world where we want the uh, Apple world where the, the things we expect as customers are the same thing we expect when we're interacting in the business world. And so we sometimes don't have the right, right, the right cooks, right? In the kitchen to use that example again. So I think that it is a hard thing to do, especially when you have a wonderful trait of being a loyal leader and you've had, you know, Meredith from day one, always leading PR and always leading marketing. Um, it's hard sometimes to say, you know what, like you were right for the last five years, but now we need someone who has had experience in a global org. We have someone who knows how to keep their finger on the pulse of, you know, rapid growth. Yeah. So I think sometimes that becomes a little bit tricky. Um, and then also it's figuring out what is the right role, because most of the time, at least the levels of people I'm working with, we're limited by investment. I'm not going to come in and start to suggest you need to hire a CTO, you need to hire a right. CTO. And I believe sometimes we bring in consultants and things at the right time, but there is this balance of what do we need? What can we afford? And most important to me is how will this authentically fit in with the culture? I don't want to just bring in, and you know, I hate to say it, a suit or whatever it may be. Um, that's not going to fit well with where the organization authentically is. So those are the three things that we always try and keep in mind. But I really believe that the people we have helping us, you know, no matter what role they in, are the heart and soul of what we what we do. And so a lot yeah. of my work isn't just what do you need to have an effective marketing strategy is who do you need to help you lead that piece? Yeah. What I really appreciate about your expertise and what you do is that you just mentioned technology now. The, the mm -hmm. fact that we're a technology company aside, yeah, 80% of B2B buyers expect some form of digital interaction right. and transaction moving forward, even B2B buyers yeah. in this day and age. And in, tw in two years, 75% uh, of the workforce will be Gen Z or millennials mm -hmm. and Gen Alphas entering the workforce at the end of this decade. So That's right. what I love about your reflection with a business owner is that you're looking at everything. It might be processes. It might be the owner's thinking this. The owner's thinking, well, I just think we need this. But you think, actually, yeah. you might need a tech infusion. You might need something yeah. else. So I do love that part about what you do. Yeah. Um, well, why Why do you think we struggle so much? Well, we have great teams. Let's say we have great teams, yeah. great processes, solid experience. I know yeah. it's a general question, but yeah. why is it so hard for us sometimes um, to identify the core problem is like you said, we're working in the business. Is it also because we feel like the business is so messy? We can't quite identify what that is. You mean so again, like how you yeah. can't identify what, what the, the big, what the key problem is. Yeah. yeah. What the... Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes too, like there isn't necessarily a problem when I come in. Right. I mean, there's, I believe untapped to be really sunny about it. It could be untapped opportunity. You're doing a great yeah. job. It's a, it's a yes. And, and not a no, but, but I think sometimes one, we, we, we get in our comfort zone and this has always worked and whether it's loyalty towards a person or a prior investment in a process, we feel financially constrained to something. 
Um, we've made promises to clients. Whatever it may be, there are uh-huh. things that sometimes it's a path of least resistance thing. And I think also it's like opening our eyes and paying attention or seeing something from another point of view. And I think that that sometimes yeah. is hard. And again, we all are, you know, however tenured we are, when you don't know about, oh, let's pick on technology again, right? When I grew up the way I did, and I don't know enough about TikTok or how it works. And so I don't really see how it relates to my business. It's easy just to ignore it, right? And so I think sometimes when we don't know and fully understand something, now you compound it with not having the time. I'm not sitting around taking TikTok, you know, right. like right. lectures. So then those things become, I think, really, really hard. And another really wonderful place to bring in someone even it's a coach, if it's an executive advisor, yeah. we talked a little bit about the difference between what I do in advisory boards, and we can talk about that. Bringing in an outside point of view, even if you're not going to action it, just makes you so much, so much better. Yeah. And then it's giving yourself the time. The other hurdle I have, I have a lot of clients who I say, this is how I work. This is what we're going to do. We're going to meet twice a month. And inevitably, something customer facing or client facing comes up and I get pushed, which is fine because they don't have an hour to do the work. But I'm pretty strict again using the self-care and saying you gotta get right get it back on. And we're always grateful for having to spend time together, but sometimes sure, like, you know, you gotta yeah. take care of what's what's best. So I think it com- it's really combined with blind spots and time. I like the sort of the yoga instructor, Peloton instructor. It's it's not to, <laughs> to it, it, the idea of that. Cause right, the fitness is the thing we always need. Let's talk a little bit about the industry. You have done work sure. with other clients. What's fascinating yes. to me about your work with 12 is that you have already had this amazing experience um, through Amex and through yeah. consulting with your other clients. Then you come into this strange industry called the brand yeah. merch industry. What was your yeah. perspective about it before you came in? And then what was it afterwards? Yeah, I've so I have to say, as you know, from my conversations, I think it is the heart and soul of so many of the, I say that like the brands of our lives and it really opened uh. my eyes to like this opportunity you guys have of like the lip gloss in my bag and the candle on my counter and the shoebox that my kids have from Nike that they they're keeping because it's their favorite. Right, I I assign emotional attachments to inanimate objects, and so this industry is like <laughs> meant for me. Right. Um, I really think that what I learned through Twelve and their commitment to like making brands stand out, which is what I in some ways hope to do, that the industry you guys are in really has such an amazing opportunity. We talk about the importance of digital. But in the old school analog, things I can hold and touch and, again, keep next to my bed or wear, um, I, I was so surprised at how like exciting it was, how huge the opportunity is, yeah. how much the biggest brands are spending and need to spend, and the time and care it takes to make a tag right, to focus on sustainable packaging, and really like the art and care that goes into this industry has been amazing. Yeah. Um, we both got a glimpse of that, obviously you more intimately, but we both have got a glimpse of that through 12's process. And that's, and that's right. one of the things in the industry that I'm learning yeah. is that many in this business underappreciate the process they go through on behalf Absolutely. of their clients. That's and right. so that's a very critical part of bringing yeah. forward to in your marketing and in your communication and everything else. Yeah. And and I'll add on to that too. What I, what I wanted to talk about a bit too was the the dot connecting I did on the work with 12 and other clients that I have. Yeah. Again, growing up at Amex, I had the privilege of running events teams and did a lot of client gifting and entertainments. We ran trade shows. And the partners that we had 
where some of them were probably a little more at the time run of the mill, right? I need a water bottle. Let's put a logo on it. Right. Um, but then we realized that uh, to this other idea, like all brands wanted to have impact and to look different, right? And we talk about the sea of sameness when we scroll our feed on social. How do we break through? It's the same thing on a trade show floor. It's the same thing with a client gifting. What are we gonna? What are? What's the gift gonna be? And the way in which we can hold and touch things in our hand that was so huge at Amex. Um, and I thought that that was such an interesting piece. That's the client side, but also the employee side. Um, and again, having been a leader of teams and I'm still like very involved in that kind of stuff. You see on LinkedIn, someone's like, it's official, like day one at Google and they're right. holding up the t-shirt. Right? <laughs> right. And we have, the, and I love these emotional connections that we have to the humans because they're going to be the, the, you know, the heart and soul of your brand. So I have really like, oh, you know, my eyes wide open about the work that happens in this industry. Yeah. I love the work that you do because they're connected to every single brand in our life, whether it's Bank of America or Nike has to have amazing, you know, whether you call it merchandise, that's another thing I learned. Don't call it swag, whether it's merch, right. whether it's promotional products, <laughs> um, you know, depending on who I'm talking to, I have to like, oh, so swag. I'm like, well, yes, but not really so much more. Um, right. <laughs> every brand of our life has this. Right. So, you know, right. again, I obsess about a lip gloss case and the way it feels in my hand. Um, other yeah. people want to keep a shoebox. So I, I just, I have a nerd heart for it, as you know. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I do know that. And I think the world, the more, we talked about this at the CEO Summit, is how much more technical and digital the world's going to become in terms of AI right. and things, the more important these yeah. tactile experiences will become in branding. I agree. I, I, I do agree. One of the challenges that I think we have might not be with the organization itself. Maybe it's not with the business really yeah. per se. Maybe it's not with the leadership. It's not with our processes. It's not with our tech. The problem is, is like me, like I yeah. need it. I need a personal advisor. And this was brought up in the CEO summit mm -hmm. that, that, that sometimes we don't need just an organizational guru to help us through things, but we might need more personal counseling from a business perspective. Is that, is that a yeah. big, is that a, another critical need you see? Absolutely. Um, and it's it's really the cornerstone of, of what I would love. I love the most about what I do. Yeah. Our lives. And I think in us in a post COVID world, right? Like we're both doing this, you know, not from our offices in the <laughs> big city, right? Where our lives are so enmeshed and what we get up and do every day is such a huge piece of who we are. Certainly not everything, but you need to be clear with yourself about what you want for yourself. And then as it relates to business, because it's not back in the day anymore where we're going to be lawyers because we were always lawyers. Like we right. have such control, especially with Gen Z millennials. Like we want to be passionate about what we do. And so the time that we can invest in stepping back, whether you're the CEO of a hundred million dollar company that you built with your two hands or whether you're stepping in to lead a business, it has to align with what you want for yourself. Yeah. With how you feel about either the mission of the business or the role that you have within it. And so yeah. I think that it's such, I'm so glad to hear that these summits, they're talking about it yeah. and that it's um, it's part of it. Cause I think it makes us healthier, more effective, more productive yeah. business I, people. I talk with a lot of CEOs and a lot of owners intimately. And a lot yeah. of off my conversations often sound like this. You know, I need to work on an exit. I need to figure out an exit yeah. strategy for my business or um, I'm really struggling right now. I'm, I'm struggling to be motivated. I'm struggling to figure this out. So I can really yeah. appreciate how this doesn't have to be specifically about the organization. It just has to be yeah. about you. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. 
Let's discover a little bit about Deb. What's on your okay. desk? What's on your priority list today? Oh, gosh. Well, I told you that I, I prioritize self-care, which is a little right. bit hard. I, <laughs> I have really been trying as, I, as I'm maturing in years to, to prioritize time um, to, to move my body, but again, for the mental aspect and that. So that was a big thing. Yeah. Um, today, I have um, a bunch of different deadlines for clients. Um, that I'm trying to get done. I love to have, I always try and have like a Friday wrap up, at least on the big stream. So part of it's for my own brain to download, but just to reinforce and to remind my clients and partners where we've been, what was accomplished in the week. So I try and touch base with everyone on a Friday. doesn't always oh, happen. that's cool. Yeah. doesn't always happen. Um, but it was a, probably an old habit that I picked up along the way at Amex as teams got bigger, just checking in with people, just making sure they felt good or knew that I had an open door on Fridays. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that's really exciting um, is moving forward some some big pieces. Um, I have a client who is getting ready to either accept a government grant or find out if they have one. And so we've been really trying to figure out a plan to get a nice little influx of capital. So those are happy fun days. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And then there we have baseball and a lacrosse game at the end of my day. <laughs> Who's your biggest influence in business? Who do you admire and why? Oh, that is, that's a really, really tough one. Um, I have both the like the big pie and the sky answer um, that I had the opportunity of hearing Richard Bramson speak like years ago. And I remember him talking about the decision to, to launch an airline when he was so successful in music. And yeah, obviously he is you know, a goat and he's a unicorn, but he, people were so critical of him. They're like, what are you doing? Yeah. You don't have airline experience. You have this other business. They're, they're not connected. Um, and he was like, look, I I fly a lot and I think I can do a better job. Um, and it really resonated with me in two ways because one, people are tend towards giving you feedback and critical. Why do you want to leave your job and start your own business? Why would you want to yeah. do this? And having the thick enough skin to accept that, again, matched with his confidence would be great. But to also realize that the inspiration of how you want to do things it's not necessarily I need to invent, you know, the next iPhone. It's there's something I love, a brand or a product I feel passionate about. I'm just going to do it better. And so yeah. I always think about his insight. You're tapping into an existing audience. People need to fly on airplanes, but let's just do it better. And I, I'm such a customer, voice of customer focused person. So that that always sticks. I mean, I love seeing what he's up to. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, there's I had the opportunity of working with an amazing woman named Christina Geist, who you've probably heard me talk about. She's the founder of Boombox Gifts, which I won't stop talking about if you ask me any more questions. <laughs> but um, Christina would probably be very embarrassed that I'm mentioning her, but she started up a business called True Geist with her brand partner at Johnson Johnson at the time, amazing guy named Todd Geist. And with every dollar she earned from her brand firm, she launched Boombox Gift because she felt passionately that this product needed to exist. Yeah. And she is so smart and so down to earth and runs things in, in the way that is authentic to her and that is supportive of every person on the team. And, and she's just, she's just so such a kind, smart leader. Yeah. Um, and so I always think about a little bit of the, what would Christina do? Um, and then married with the, you know, the capital and the resources of, of Richard, you know, I feel right. like those are, those are two <laughs> pretty good, good icons. <laughs> Where do you go to get refueled or inspired or, or maybe share a latest book podcast or movie doesn't have to be business that really has inspired the way you think or impacted yeah. what you think? Um, so I've, I've always been a fan of how I built this. Um, I know that a lot of people love that podcast and we did work with them at Amex. So I still love to listen in on that. My, my favorite, I almost like dessert podcast yeah. is smart, smart list. I know I it's not a it. unique opinion. I love it. Yeah. I just like, and I, 
I know I'm not unique. I'm like, I definitely think that like I could be their fourth best friend. Like, you know, I, <laughs> right. they have so much fun together. They beat up on each other. I, I just love it. Um, so those things are really fun. And I've actually been working to make time for podcasts now that I'm not commuting to the city as often. Yeah. So yeah. that's been like, um, yeah. cause I love to blast music. Yeah. You and I both love Smartless. I think it's a brilliant, I honestly think it's so much fun, but also it's a so very interesting insight into the working mechanisms of, of the, oh, the of their industry. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like an industry podcast, but they're entertainers. It, that's right. And it, it, I, 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 it's such a simple format. And I know it started when no one was connected on COVID, but I really, right. you, you, they had John Favreau the other day and talking about like, you know, his George Lucas in mind of the tech and yeah. how everyone's worked hard together. Because we sometimes think of actors of just having, you know, the the floofiest life. And these are hardworking people. Yeah, very hard work. Um, and I yeah. love it. It's just yeah. like, again, I think of it as a dessert. It's not, um, you yeah. know, it's not NPR, but I, I certainly love it. Yeah. You mentioned something too, I think that's really, really important. And this has come up more and more um, in, in the first chapter of, of Shoe Dog, um, the Nike book. Um, mm-hmm. it, what I picked up on was someone asking themselves the question as an entrepreneur, hey, maybe fun should be an important requirement for me running a business. Whereas mm-hmm. I was sort of raised to think that work was work, right? Yeah. Work was work and it was sort of a negative connotation. And I've read this multiple times from many entrepreneurs and many entrepreneurial stories is sure. that maybe fun should be an important part of the equation. Oh, I mean, I definitely, I mean, like I was, you know, the, I believe it so, so deeply. Again, I was always kind of a clown or a goofball and I wanted to make sure I was doing something that was authentic yeah. to me. Yeah. And we kind of grew up and said, find something you love, right? And then it's not really work. But I, I do believe in tying back to this other thing, like we spend a lot of our hours working. Yeah. And it should be fun. Like no Sunday scaries, even though you might be tired. And I think that that's a really important piece and it ties back to what we've been saying, right? One, the industry you work in certainly adds fun to my life. Like, again, (laughs) I go to Walgreens and I have a million things to do. And I'm like, I'm going to hit the lip gloss aisle and buy myself a little $10 (laughs) surprise, right? So like little products can make such a difference, but also, um, you know, enjoying what we love. And that is a little bit of self-care, right? Um, Marrying that with the ability to have, to, to you know compensate yourself and to add value i think is that other piece that yeah. the work that we get to do now and i hope you feel and i think you feel that i think in meeting with you like being a true partner to someone or at a time of need for a founder or a team it feels really right for me because yes. i can be a little bit of my inner goof but i also feel like i'm adding value so love it it's a great way to end on this uh note and deb i great. appreciate you so much yeah, ever since too. we first started talking i was like i've got to get to know deb better I, so i felt the same so i'm thank you so much for i mean your your guests your topics are so interesting so thank you um, it is a truly honor to get to spend some time with you thank you hopefully it won't be the last step and thanks for sharing your insight with us here today of course thank you for having me Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of SkewCast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to SkewCast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonskew.com. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.